This episode is sponsored by Lenlord. If you want three months premium access to their app, you can click the link down in the description and it'll take you there. Thanks so much for the support. We'll talk to you guys soon. All right, guys, welcome back to the Canadian Real Estate Homefront Podcast. This is episode 25, and we have a special guest on today, uh, Sahas. Am I saying that right? Yes. All right. We'll introduce him a little bit, but Sahas is an inspiring entrepreneur, content creator, and educator. He's based in Toronto. He's an incredible story of growing to over half a million followers. His audience resonates with his authentic personality, life experience, and educational content. So we're super excited to have you on here. Same here. And just uh, talk a little bit about immigration, your content business, and just, yeah, your whole kind of life so far. Half so. a million followers. I didn't know that. How, yeah. did, how did you do that? Good content. <laughs> good good content. content. I've watched your content. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> what makes it good? I need to well, I think uh, the audience decide whether it's good or not. Right. So, like, uh, but I've been creating content for a very long time. Okay. It's just been a, been a year since I've got that kind of a growth because I was very consistent. Okay. So I think what you guys are also doing is pretty amazing. Thanks. So Thank as long as you're consistent and you're showing up and you are dissecting controversies, yeah, talking about things which people care about right. and want to have their opinion shared, so I think that's the way to go. Hmm. I love it. And what do you talk about mostly? I say that uh, all my content is based on to make you smarter. Make you smarter, okay. So whatever that I talk about, so there is, which is why I don't have one particular niche that I talk about. And I'm a little against the niche when you are going for creating content, because I feel that you are just putting inside the box if you just talk about one particular niche. While when you have established your own business, that is where I think you might have to go a little more niche. But when you're creating content, you have to go a little broad. So, which is why I also like your podcast, because you're not just talking about real estate. Mm -hmm. Mm. Right, you're talking about all the other aspects of real estate, or like economy, or right. all whatnot. So I think, um, so when you talk on the broader scale, there are a lot of potential things that you can talk about, and somehow think that how you can relate with the with your core product or the core business that you are into. I like it. Right. I like it too. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you nailed it there because we don't just talk about real estate because I feel like it would get really repetitive and boring. Like we do bring in immigration we do bring in you know gdp and you get a little bit more from from our podcast other than just you know what's going on in the housing market yeah real estate is boring yeah (laughs) (laughs) it is boring it's just yeah i think it's that the aspects of like everything in canada that make it kind of a little bit more interesting so yeah yeah but no i've definitely seen your content so you create content but do you create content for people like what's the what's the business behind it like what runs the machine so uh, i have a content media agency by the name of squid media Mm-hmm. And we do create content for other content creators, brands, and a lot of real estate as well, real estate agents as well. We help them uh, establish their personal brands on social media. Okay. Yeah. So you work with realtors too? Yeah, we work. Yeah. With, like for some reason, like in Canada, we are working with most of our revenue from Canada is 80% coming from real estate agents. Okay. And rest across America, Australia that we are working with, they are content creators and influencers that we are working with. Very cool. Very cool. It's a great story. So anyways, I, I definitely wanted to get you on here, I think, uh, for like the immigration aspect, because we do talk about immigration a lot on this podcast. I think it's like a hot topic, even we actually Canadian media. One video because I was getting so much shade because, and, and I'll just be frank, I will, I'm not so educated on the process. And mm-hmm. when you come here, 
I was essentially saying like, what happens after you come here? And people thought that that was the most ignorant. Yeah, yeah. Day, but I just, I don't know. It's not really yeah. talked about. So it's what am I supposed to know? Where else are you supposed to know? Yeah. Were, we deleted it. We've never deleted a video. Um, it was like us talking and then Brooke was like, so you, you come to Canada and then what? And then I was like, I actually don't know. Like, I, I don't know what happens with, with the immigration process after that. Yeah. Um, even like the process to get it. And people were just like, it's not as easy as you just come here. And like, obviously that's not what she meant. Like, people uh, yeah. Were, that's what yeah. I, said. I said. Okay. So you immigrate to Canada. So you come here and then what kind of thing. And there were, they like slashed me apart yeah. and everything was negative. We don't delete many things like no. every, every post will get negative comments of course but that one was like that was bad yeah i was like let's just get rid of this one yeah, like, yeah we're just gonna delete it yeah. so um it's obviously something that hits home for a lot yeah. of people like canada's welcomed so many immigrants in the past so so the years. comments were like it got them emotional about certain things uh they were mad that i was i guess ignorant to how hard the process is yeah. how hard it is when you get here um i think i'll be blunt when I say this, because I think that people get mad because they think that we're white privileged yeah. and that that's why we can't talk about immigration. They don't like us talking about immigration. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I, we never say it in a negative way. It's more just talking about the numbers, mm. the stress it has on housing, yeah. uh, the stress it has on the system yeah. and overall. Right. But when I think about immigration, that uh, there are two aspects to it, right? Like one is immigration itself, like mm -hmm. working class, labor, whatnot. Yeah. But another is students as well. Like you might have seen that 100%. around 1 million students yeah. are coming to Canada this year. Yep. 300,000 are from India. And second uh, is going to be China. Mm. So obviously, uh, and let's not forget the fact that, you know, students do help in the labor shortage as well. Yeah. Because all the 14-hourly uh, job, uh, minimum wage, jobs are being taken care of because nobody else is going to do it. For sure. So construction, everything, all of these, like the bare minimum, like when you look at the job requirements in the, like what all category, what all industries have the job requirement, there are also very minimal jobs that, you know, somebody has to do it. Yeah. And students do fill up those kind of uh, requirements as well. Right. Which is why they increased from 20 hours uh, a year, uh, sorry, a week to 40 hours for students for this year. Right. Yeah, I did see that. I saw that too. Do you think that the international students um, get taken advantage of a little bit by the the private sector system because they're they pay three x the amount of tuition and they come here and then trying to find housing is so hard. Like even in Waterloo University, you had students going door to door asking if there was any rooms for rent. So do you think like what attracts people so much to come to Canada for education or just in, you know in your case you came I, here for? I want to like even add to that and like back it up a little bit. So. From when you decide, I want to have an education and you're looking into universities, I guess, in Canada, the process of getting here and how much you're given in terms of information uh, as far as when you get here, how it's going to look, yeah. like how, what, let's back up to even like yeah. when you have the thought, I think I want to go to school in Canada, how does it look and what are you told? Mm -hmm. um, and then, and then, yeah, is it different? Like Cortez said, yeah. are they in the end, taken advantage of a little bit? Does it look different than what's being said to you when you're still living yeah. back home? Yeah, so um, there are two ways to come to Canada. Like, there could be many other ways. The way that I came as an immigrant, as under express entry program. So express entry is that, you know, you have to achieve certain amount of score in order to get qualified under the express entry program. And within 18, 8 to 12 months, or maybe 18 months, 
you will be uh, you, you know the uh, there is going to be a scorecard there there going to be results going getting out and then there is a possibility that you get uh, the visa to come as a pr so i came directly as a permanent resident into this country and there are certain qualification to get there a lot of students who come they are mostly coming for graduation or post graduation and uh, there is a lot of uh, you know miscommunication from the agent sides as well like w- what should they expect i think this looks very fancy from the outside people who are in india or people who are in different parts of the world and they want a better lifestyle for themselves as well right and uh, just recently i was reading that there are around 1.5 million engineers who pass out every single year from india It and which is not too much for now it's gone down it was 4 million 3 years ago wow so uh, these many people pass out as engineers every single year now they have to look for opportunities where they can work where they can probably go for higher education so that you know their education seems somewhere relevant okay so 1.5 million become engineers yes. is what you're saying okay so they pass the exam or whatever it is uh, and become an engineer but too many of them do it so there's not um as many jobs so they need to as be more specialized or go to a different country is that what you're saying yeah a lot of people go to different countries for post graduation mm-hmm. maybe because that will help them to get a better job so that is also what is happening because the job and uh, uh, the number of engineer ratio is not making sense as uh, at this point of time even in india there are less number of jobs in comparison to so, so many number of uh, engineers right. so the quality of engineers are also not coming that much right so, like for example there is one uh, uh, like everybody knows about harvard right harvard's university yeah. mit yeah harvard yeah yeah, yeah. I, i told you I'll, i'm going to no, suck no. at pronouncing no it's okay no, yeah, no, yeah. It's oh you got it you got so, it so harvard harvard uh, <laughs> then there are so many uh, like similar to harvard there is iit in india okay so to get into iit is like just 5% of the uh, like students who could apply could really get into iit it's very very difficult to get into that okay so similarly like all there are 6000 more than 6000 other engineering colleges as well in india but it's very hard for people to get a job even once they are graduated mm-hmm. from those colleges and then go to find a job and you know get a bare good uh, lifestyle for themselves so which is why people look for a lot of opportunities outside of india as well mm-hmm. that is why this has been the year with the most number of people going for studying abroad or going out of india from uh, for better education or better immigration like uh, finding a work right. okay so the appeal is to you go to another country to get your schooling and then you have a better chance of getting a job yeah. here as an engineer just as the example you gave uh, versus india where if they went to school there and then they you know once they finish they're going to be like well now i need to find a job yeah that's kind of the idea and the lifestyle as well i think uh, canada is sold as a uh, with a dream that you know this is the lifestyle that you desire this is going to fulfill all your desires so mm. maybe that is also the problem with the agents the immigrant immigration consultants and agents who you know give them a fancy dream about that oh your life is going to be easy once you go there you're going to find a job uh, everything is going to get taken care of and when the reality hits when they have to work more than 18 hours a shift or some days like that and don't know where they're going to sleep they're not going to find places to stay right then the reality hits and then they're like what am i doing over here who's the, who are these agents 
Are they are they hired from Canada or are they hired within India? So these agents are uh, like uh, uh, certified, you could say, immigrant immigration consultants or study visa experts. You could okay. Say, consultants like who help you uh, create like uh, uh, you know compile all the documentations right. for you to enter into any university or study abroad. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So these they work very closely with educational institutes as well. Uh. I wonder if they're incentivized. <laughs> they are. They are. Okay. They are. They are. And by the way, colleges here do get more than more enrollments than they have the seats for. Yeah. And that is they. And this time they miscalculated. They let in more students than they, they have. Let more students enter while they had limited number of seats, which also includes that you know housing crisis and everything. Also. Yeah, yeah. So everything is a. It's a trickle down effect. It's a trickle down. Yeah, yeah. Effect. It's a domino effect. Yeah. So these these agents are probably incentivized from the colleges because the colleges are getting 3x the amount in tuition for the same body yeah. as a domestic student. Yeah. Interesting. So are people writing back to, like, you know, people coming from India, are they writing back to, like, some of their friends or maybe people younger than them that are thinking about coming to Canada? Are they almost like it's not all it's cracked up to be? I think it's uh, it totally depends on one person's mindset and expectations, what they came here with. Uh, people who come up with the mindset that we have to work hard, it's not going to be easily given to us on a right. matter. They are going to work hard and they are working hard. And which is why like when you see a lot of, we, you get a lot of uh, videos uh, with a thumbnail saying, why many people are leaving in, leaving Canada? Yeah. There's just 50,000 people who left Canada. Yeah. In the last one year. And that was even, that is not even the highest number. It's been... Uh, like on an average 50 40000 people who leave canada every right. single year yeah 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 so uh, most of the time and when you compare the ratio between the people who are coming to canada and the people who are leaving canada is like huge difference of course there is some number of people who are going to leave canada but most of the people want to stick here and uh, do something and make something about their lives right it's just that uh, it what matters is uh, uh, what kind of a mindset they're coming with Yes, it's uh, like for a student to work. For a student, I think it, the life is a little hard yeah. because they have to find a job, also study, and you know do multiple shifts in order to you know make pay their rents as well. Which is why. Uh, but I think what should be done in this case is that even the educational institutions should also come forward and give them the uh, incentives to find the housing. Now they have started doing it. Like mm -hmm. now they are reaching out. I don't know what there is one, uh, maybe in Waterloo or someplace. Uh, there's one uh, institute which is reaching out to nearby motels and hotels to accommodate the extra number of students that they have enrolled. So they are giving housing in that motels and hotels itself. Okay. But this should have been thought before. Like the infrastructure is not there and you're getting right. so many people out there. Yeah. You have this mess of a housing market. Over the top, that... Uh, educational institutes earn $26 billion from uh, the international students. $26 billion with a B. $26 billion. Wow. Where yeah. is that all money going? Yeah. Where, honestly, where does it go? Yeah. It, it's a good question. Right? Like, I think, it's, I think it's okay if some colleges fail. Yeah. I think it's okay to let that happen. But the way I think they're making up the delta, if they are having any sort of failure... Um, is by attracting more international students who are paying 3x the amount for tuition. It and, just makes sense. And there is also like Tom, Dick and Harry colleges here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like every nook and corner, you'll find a college and they'll just have a, you know, and people, and that's what is the problem actually. 
you know uh, uh, like there are very limited uh, there are not many uh, uh, you know the criteria is not that uh, that big of a criteria for somebody to open a college and uh, that with that criteria a lot of people open the colleges and immigration consultant student visa experts they get them and get students enrolled into those colleges as well right everyone's incentivized Everyone. and the students left paying yeah a lot more money to come here yeah then wow. students have no idea that you know maybe they'll have to work on uh, money jobs not just everything is going to be uh, like cash jobs cash jobs yeah under the counter under the counter wow interesting that is really interesting well so it sounds like getting an an education in india as your example there's just too many too much competition there so yeah. unemployment sounds to be very low in india is what i'm gathering or is it just for engineers or it's very hard to say that uh, i don't know exact numbers of india in terms of unemployment but i'll say that india is one of the biggest population obviously right, the biggest yeah, population exactly. so obviously the number is going to look like very huge when yeah. you think about that yeah because not everybody's living in urban area cities a lot of people are living in uh, rural areas uh, right. you know where the, there might not be much opportunities out there right so uh, yes unemployment possibility is there that the unemployment is going to be more but i think uh, what i feel personally that india is changing a lot mm-hmm. what it used to be earlier is not what it is today okay india is coming out of out as a very very powerful nation and uh, not in terms of like uh, like even if you see as uh, uh, like it is uh, uh, like fifth largest economy in the world today hmm. i didn't know that did you know that yeah it's growing like a weed well we were talking about that that one time that it's that it's growing and we had some comments that i also got shade for about india's government and but a lot of people were in support of how the government is oh, yeah. building the economy 8% yeah. okay absolutely they've grown 8% Oh, the unemployment's eight percent. Than than us, well, I guess. Yeah, but they have but a they have a billion is, people. Is, yeah, I feel like it's not too too bad. No, it's not too bad. Not too I bad, feel yeah. like with the amount of people in India, um, it would be higher. higher. Yeah, yeah. Why did you move here? Le- living, living, yeah, yeah, yeah. better lifestyle, better opportunities. I think everybody has this kind of a mindset when they're looking for something big and better. Yeah. And some people get duped in that and some people are able to find that kind. Was of it the same experience as your initial expectation of Canada? Uh I would say that I was I was taken down not by the same reasons but uh, in terms of security over here. The safety. You know what? I keep safety. I yeah. keep hearing that from yeah. people. Talking your mic. <laughs> I don't like to talk to my apparently. Uh, I keep hearing that like my tattoo artist came from Turkey, I think, and she was saying how she likes it here, but she's thinking about moving to the states. And I'm like, why is it? Is it work kind of thing? You would assume and the cost of living. And she's like, no, like I I'm too fearful in Toronto. And I'm like, mm. huh. But go to the states and you expect it to be better. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah that's, that's interesting. interesting. And how yeah. how's crime then back in India? It's not about the crime. It's about uh, the safety measures and uh, the infrastructure to support these many immigrants. So think about it in this uh, this way: that when you go to the mall, when you go to the subway station, there are not even single metal detectors over there. 
why isn't that uh, mandate mandatory over there? So to not allow people with firearms or that kind Absolutely. of stuff. Absolutely, like in India, every place you go, every mall you go, every public uh, transportation you go, there you have to pass through metal detectors. There is BSF. There is army officials. There are police. everywhere. Every important places, subway stations, everywhere. You have to go through that uh, huh. checkup or else, you know, you're not allowed. Even the nail cutter is not allowed. Mm. And over here, like I, re I still remember, so which is why I was like, am I, did I do a good job? Did I take a good decision to come here? Because what happened? I came in June in 2019, uh, maybe 10th June. And after a week, I was in Eaton Center Mall. And I was at Apple Store and you know how Apple Store is always crowded. It feels like there's a carnival going around. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was there and I heard a gunshot. And uh, every and I was towards the exit. So you see that this is the when if this is the entrance, exit is on the other side of the where it goes to the stairs. So I was to near the end of that exit, and 150 people started running towards me. And I was like, "What's happening?" And then my friend and I we were all we were together, and they started running all over us. For I don't know how, but I was able to hold her hand. Otherwise, she, they, everybody might have just, you know, trampled uh, over, tripped over. Like she also got a lot of hurt. I lost my spectacles, my, I don't know what not, few couple of things over here and there. It was a stampede. And that is during the Raptors match when they won. Oh yeah. When they won the championship. Championship. Yeah. Wow. I didn't yeah. I didn't really ever think about that in terms of I, uh, Canada. Like I just, you know, going to the mall freely. I never think about. I, I understand where you're coming from. I would be so against though i would be so against metal detectors and army officials outside mm. of any public place i would just and be different to us yeah it'd be very different it'd be different for you yeah yeah yeah. yeah. I, it's not like i am against you and yeah. your opinions on safety i just think that that's like extreme it's like yeah i don't know i would i, would well, I think like crime has gone I, up a lot I in canada like i don't know yeah yeah, I understand your viewpoint about this. But it's also important to understand that, you know, with so many immigrants, because, you know, uh, hundred almost 100% of labor force is made of immigrants right now. And you, we have to understand that, you know, Canada is going to have around 35% of uh, population which are not going to be Canadians by, the, by 2030. Mm -hmm. And which means most of the immigrants are going to come here. And we have to have those kind of, and you don't know what kind of a backgrounds are they coming from. So the crime rate is going to increase. The, you know, safety measures has to be there in place. The infrastructure also needs to Im improve. Mm. So you don't know. And also like there is some percentage of refugees, there's some percentage of immigrants, there's some percent of students. You don't know because you're calling all the cultures all around the world yeah. to be a part of one country. So you need to have that kind of infrastructure and the safety for them and the people who are already living there, which is not there yet. Interesting. Yeah, yeah that's, a good, that's a good point. I think also with the, the op opioid crisis that we're seeing in these 10 cities, right? Like you're seeing people addicted to drugs. Yeah. You know, I saw it the other day, I'm walking through Liberty Village, just a guy really high on drugs and he thought someone was chasing him. And it was just sad. It was just it's, heartbreaking. It's, but yeah, you- It's very heartbreaking. Yeah, but that guy can just get on the subway. That guy can just go yeah. into a mall and- and who knows what what he thinks he's seeing, right? Or yeah. my wife finds it very hard to travel through uh, a subway, or she'll she'll never go mm. because you know there's somebody who is bonkers and you know trying to do something here and there. 
there's been a lot of debate and just the, you know, the, even Doug Ford sending more police on, on the TTC, but it's still not enough. Like there's been so many tragedies over the years, just, you know, innocent people dying from yeah. someone who's uh, unfortunately not mentally well. And yeah, no, you're right. I, I think that more security could definitely be on the, these transit stations yeah. for sure. I mean, there has to be a little bit of a control mm. in terms of, uh, because, you know, they're like uh, for the, per for the person who is, uh, this should have kind of, you know, infrastructure, I don't know. Something needs to be built for people who are homeless. They should not be all around the streets, just like that. And uh, yeah, the tent cities are are quite like a, the topic of debate, right? Like it's just, you know, you can see them out, you know, near near schools or, you know, even just um, in certain areas. But yeah, like even in Vancouver, I know that people don't even want to go downtown anymore because there's just tents everywhere. And, you know, it's really, really sad. And, and these people need help. Yeah, they need And then they're not getting the help they need, obviously. Yeah. So something is definitely not working out. So mm -hmm. they need to come up with a solution around that. Even with the refugees, like in Toronto, like uh, they literally didn't have any place to stay. So which is why they were living under the bridge uh, with their camps and everything. And now recently, I think the federal government has uh, uh, sanctioned around $100 million for the housing for the refugees who are not finding a house, houses or whatever. Do you think Canada should slow down its immigration targets until they figure out the infrastructure problems that we have? I think, uh, I see, that is something very de debatable, depending, because they also need the workforce. There are so many jobs again. There are so many jobs which come out every single month, which are still going unfulfilled, mm -hmm. so which is why they do have a requirement for the jobs as well. But also they need to fasten the process for like uh, really skilled workers. That is what is really required. Like for example, uh, healthcare. Mm -hmm. Healthcare care is pretty messed up. Yeah. And which is why, you know, I find it very convenient that when I was in India, healthcare was one of the best healthcare that I could ever get. Do you have to pay for it there? Yeah, is it? Yeah. You have to pay for it. Or would you, you rather insurance? pay for it? I would it? rather pay for it. Yeah. Did you pay for it through insurance or did you pay for it just when you pay as you go? As a private. Like but private. here we have that. If I wanted a specialist appointment, I could get one tomorrow if I pay for it. Yeah. Just for specialists. Yeah. Only if something is very urgent. And in some cases, I know that a couple of my friends, one of my friends got fractured or something. It wasn't that serious right away, but his day of surgery came out to be over, over a month or two, and which is why he had to go to the U.S., get it operated, yeah. and came back again. Interesting. They do, um, for the mental health sector, there's a lot of treatment facilities that you can pay for to get in, but a lot of these people obviously don't have money to, to pay for it, but it yeah. can be expedited. I wonder if they, that should be. Yeah. And under the government, there, <laughs> there are beds there. There's totally beds, but nobody can afford it. You should almost have like, um, if you, if you want to pay for it, you can, but the free one's still there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. understand. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, see, it's not even about, uh, like, you know, what all flexibilities that they can create, but I think they need a little, they need more skilled workers. They need more doctors that they need more nurses. And the way that immigration is happening, like for a doctor, like for example, if my sis like my sister is a doctor in India, and uh, if she has to come here today and start practicing, it will take her four to five years again. And she's an MD. MD is a specialist. Mm -hmm. So, wow. and that too, to become a physician, she will take four years. And if she wants to become a specialist, it will take nine years. All right. Yeah. So back to um, the, the doctor part we were talking about there. So just how hard it is to come in here. Like we have a huge doctor shortage. It would make a lot more sense if, 
you know, you were coming from a country like India, like your sister, if she wanted to work here for it to be a lot easier, like what one exam, maybe they should, they should take, and then they should be told a yes or no. I think for a, for a, uh, for a skilled worker, like a healthcare worker, it has to have some kind of a express entry or certification, that kind of thing, which should not take more than six to eight months because uh, they're already professionals. They're already doing this professionally like a doctor. Yeah. And their degree or their uh, any kind of a certificate should be valid across the globe. This is what I feel because Agreed. a doctor who is in India, who is, is is still, you know, delivering babies, is still going to deliver babies the same way over here as well. Right. It's a good <laughs> it's point. It's going to be a different, yeah, yeah, yeah. different way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just that, you know, how, how can you compress that time mm. of, uh, you know, getting that services for and help the infrastructure also at the same time? Right. Is, like, in terms of healthcare, globally, people practice differently, yeah. though. So... In Canada, procedures and ways of treatment might be different than in India. Right. So I can see why Canada wants anybody from Another overseas country. to be following the same procedures and methods even. Like different, like I'm sure the insides of hospitals will maybe look the same, but the even the tools and everything used and the technology for the whatever the case may be, I'm sure it looks a lot different. Yeah. Especially if we're comparing one country and then another country completely across the world, like countries are in different like yeah. of. I guess the counter is why would it take four or five years for someone to do not, I'm not saying it's the same job, but you know, a doctor in India coming here, taking her two, three years just to come be a doctor in Canada. Wouldn't we have a shortage? Right, we no, need I them. wonder why that is because if you go to England, if you go to um, like most most places in Europe, actually, if you go to the States, uh, Australia, you don't have to do it again. You can come back with that degree and practice here with like way less time. I think you can use that degree to work yeah. in here. A lot of Canadian students go abroad, get their doctorate, and, and come then back. They come back. Yeah. I mean, maybe you're not able to start right away, but maybe they're comparing methodology or something because I know somebody that went literally to England to get their medical degree because it cuts it in half by four years then comes back as a Canadian, well, I guess he's a Canadian citizen, but still your schooling is from outside of Canada and is able to work. So I wonder if they are measuring different countries differently. But yeah. Like I would say, like in terms of England, I think it was still Canada and England would be still counterparts they are not uh, different because uh, it all f it falls under commonwealth yeah good point so uh, so i think like like a lot of people from india also go abroad they go to russia ukraine for uh, getting their doctor's degree germany and then come back so that like a lot of people even go to the us for that uh, but i think uh, the requirement what what canada is trying to fulfill is that uh, the Canadian native population is getting older. Mm -hmm. So which is why they want more worker class. And to fulfill that gap, they need to find ways to compress their time in order for them to start working efficiently as quickly as possible. So in that case, healthcare is one of the most, and during the COVID, like you know that how bad it was. Yeah. A lot of nurses, a lot of healthcare workers, they were working 24-7. Yeah. And they had to quit right after that happened because they could not do it anymore. 
what kind of a mental stress they had to go through mm-hmm. because the infrastructure the kind of people they needed was not there mm. yeah it was a failing system <laughs> yeah it still is a crazy system i talked to anybody my, my mom works at sick kids and she's like it's crazy there is a young kid that needed um something crazy like a heart transplant or something and they canceled his surgery three times not because they didn't have the organ or have the child ready but because they didn't have the staff can you imagine being that little boy's parents yeah there's no staff and you're canceling so he's so frustrated thankfully all is well but can you imagine it's just you've been waiting you need a little heart transplant to stay alive and you just sorry no one no one's here we like they need more people my mom's always saying how she's running around like crazy because it's just her and somebody else and she's going from room to room and it's just it's not sustainable for her and it's changed over that she's been there for 25 years um and now and since covid i guess it's been absolutely nuts in terms of how many more people are needed yeah Yeah. to function properly a lot of stress on the system (laughs) so yeah let's kind of pivot here to uh your business so you came here and you said that you you applied for your business license right away but you also went to george brown right yeah i went there for a day well, for a day. <laughs> a lot of business people drop out of school. I dropped out of university. Yeah. Oh, you did? I should have. I, I should have, but then I, I completed mine. <laughs> yeah. So I'm a computer engineer, though. So, like, oh, okay. 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 <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm a dropout. You're a dropout. You're a dropout. Like, no, I'm a computer engineer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, you studied in India. I studied in India. And then you came to Canada. I studied in India. I did a uh, I start, did start my business back in India. Like I've been into my own business from the last uh, six, seven years before moving here. But uh, but when you come to a new country, it's a new. It's not a new city. Where did you let ta- walk us through the process of like you got off the plane? Then what happens? Where'd you go? Where'd you live? Yeah, you packed your bags. What you happens your bags next? Yeah, you're on a plane. You've yeah. never been to Canada before, and you're like, I'm going. Where did tell us the whole story? So uh, the first thing that I did was so like when you are before even before that you know you are a little paranoid not little very paranoid okay. what, you, what you're going to do with your life yeah. is it even going to work right yeah. right i'm i was at that i was at i was 32 years old okay. at the time when i landed here and you know i'm already mid life i was thinking that you know this has to work yeah, yeah. there's no other way so there's no turning back there's no option <laughs> there's no turning back so uh, when you come with that kind of a mindset that you know it's you you got to build it and uh, so when I came here, I thought that even before coming that, you know, how can I prepare myself to uh, be, uh, to make my career as quickly as possible? So a w- couple of options come to your mind that, you know, okay, you can do a couple of things here and there, like drive Uber, this, this, that, and that, just to, you know, uh, meet with regular expenses. But you also think about, okay, can you get a little bit of an education in order to get more uh, Canadian experience? Canadian studies, and then maybe you can get a better job. That's why I uh, got myself admitted to George Brown. Just to have a safety net around me. Nothing works, I'll go to study, I'll do something, and after two years, I'll get a job or something. Right. But the moment when I... Did you have, sorry to interrupt, did you have a lot of either savings or that, like, coming here, were you... I would say, I would say that uh, we are very blessed when uh, when it comes to our family and the way that we are brought up that uh, it's your family helps you a lot in our case and especially when i'm coming from a business family it's never 
when like you know i had to take any decision on my own that's so nice a, yeah. a lot of times that you know your family comes and you know and that was one of the actual reasons that i wanted to take a step on my own mm-hmm. that i i know that you have done a lot for me but let me do things on yeah. my own right yeah. so i wanted that freedom also that no matter whatever life choices that i'm going to make and my some are going to be success and some are going to be failures but let it be my failure i don't want to later on in re- yeah. life i tell you that you know you are responsible for this so this is one of the reasons that i took the step and uh, i came here i didn't even tell my parents that i dropped out of college mm. for 3 months 4 months and then i started working in car sales nice and that's where i got a little more exp- exposure and experience and confidence nice talking to people and that's where i thought that you know what kind of a skill can i develop in order to get f- fit with this culture as quickly as possible yeah. i drove uber and i worked at a car dealership hard working guy yeah that's yeah. awesome good for you and at the same time i started my digital marketing company uh then i started working with my car company itself started doing their marketing a little then uh you didn't have a did you have somewhere to live when you first got here or was it uh so for a month i we booked an airbnb got it uh we don't have any family here direct family so a lot of people might some people who come they might want to stay with their family their cousins or uh, somebody they know uh we stayed at an airbnb for a for a for a month and then we started looking for a apartment it's very difficult to get a condo especially when you are new immigrant because there's no history yeah so in our case uh, uh we were able to finally get a studio okay so my wife and i we stayed in a studio in the same building that i am staying right now oh nice but just moved to a better <laughs> not just a studio now yeah uh but that's the that's where uh, it was difficult initially to find but so uh, i we were like i don't want, I like for, i don't know about others but i would say that i didn't want to go to mississauga or brampton very honestly mm-hmm. and live in a basement because i feel uh, you know your mindset the place that you're living in is also very important to for uh, positivity that you get in your life mm-hmm. so i call it that uh, it's a happiness tax yeah that you pay in order to be happy even if it's a little extra that you might have to pay you might have to work hard in order to get that kind of a lifestyle wow but you have to it's a good point you're a call today is my happiness tax i'm going to that's a good way to frame it happiness I'm tax <laughs> about it but it's <laughs> happiness tax thank you i'm adopting that <laughs> that's a good one I'm i like that adopting <laughs> our last question here where do you see yourself in 5 years uh still doing the same yeah. but maybe on a different level i don't know scale it more employees yeah. more clients more uh, value more uh, education uh, like uh, growth for everyone i am a very much believer that you know uh, whoever is working with me i want to see them as leaders and uh, in whichever capacity that i can help them become one that is the one of the biggest accomplishments that i can that is so cool That's i amazing. like that um saying leaders create more leaders not more follower don't have more followers yeah, it's good i like that awesome well where can very people cool. find you I'm on Instagram, Sas Chopra. Sas Chopra, okay, amazing. Yeah, we'll definitely tag him down below. Yeah, yeah, awesome. 
Wow, that was a, that's honestly, a good one. Now we can talk a little bit more about immigration yeah. without people firing their firing at us. At me yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they didn't know. So Airbnb is a is a solution. It's a solution. Because yeah. I did hear sometimes the government is giving money toward rent. Sometimes yeah. I didn't know. So now I'm more educated, having spoken to you today. So <laughs> yeah. I appreciate. Oh, it was good. I, re I really do. That was quite interesting. It's got a lot of insight for a yeah. lot of people because I think a lot of people are so confused about immigration. So. Honestly, yeah, yeah. That, that's good. That was like very. I didn't even speak when I was. was so yeah, engaged. very educational. What you're saying. I, yeah. appreciate it. I'm just talking about from my own personal experience. I know. I know. I know. Not even saying that you know this is how it needs to be done. No, a hundred percent. But I would just I, say that you know what worked for me totally. might work for some people, might not work for me yeah other people but uh, yeah there's always if you come with a positive mindset that you have to nail it you have to do it mm -hmm. you will do it there's <laughs> no <laughs> other way <laughs> no option there's no option. <laughs> i love it <laughs> yeah. awesome all right guys thanks so much for listening to uh, this episode it was super insightful if you're on youtube please like and subscribe we're trying to get our subscribers up and uh, we appreciate the long form stuff if you're on spotify you can follow us there too and apple music and then we have the short form content which is Sahaz the king of as well on Instagram and TikTok. And yeah, we'll, we'll link all this stuff down below. We really appreciate you coming on, man. Very cool. Thank you. Thanks guys. again. Thank really. you, everybody. All right, take care, guys. We'll see you Bye. next week. Bye now.